With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome into Brewcast from Mesa Brew on the SB Nation podcast. Network Luke Yardy here. Good to be back with these guys, Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Apologize for missing last week, but uh, ready to go here today. And guys, how we doing? Feeling good? You guys uh, have a good time watching the Super Bowl yesterday? Yeah, things are good. Uh, but I want to make sure that I keep things uh, brief here because uh, I've been getting feedback that I talk a little too much on these podcasts. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I have. Something, some technology here. I've been working on it in the lab. Uh, it's called Brewcast Bot, and Brewcast Bot will be stepping in for me to kind of keep things tight uh, and just get to the crux of the conversation. So, uh, Brewcast Bot, welcome to the show. I analyzed every brewcast and put the results into my data banks to come up with what Anthony would say. That makes me a suitable replacement as your co-host on today's episode, if you will allow it. <laughs> I like it. It's very, very lifelike. That <laughs> sounds just like me. I know. <laughs> it's seamless. Yeah, shouldn't shouldn't have any problems with that at all during this show. Um, no. <laughs> so. Uh, let me let me keep working on him, and then you know the next time you come around to me, uh, hopefully he just has something be, to say. So I want to, I just want to give the people what they want, which is less of me. So before long, he's just going to be flawless and flowing like C three PO. 
Yeah. Yes, I'm uh, fluent in over six million dialogues. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. So, well, good to be back. Chris, how yeah. you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, I think it seems as though, for the time being, that Michigan basketball has started to right the ship a little bit. Last week, um, well, I guess we recorded last week after the Nebraska game, so it was a little bit more positive. But it seemed like things for a minute there were kind of taking a downturn. It's a, it's February now, and we're really getting down to nitty-gritty time. This is where the the season almost uh, game by game is going to be almost on the line. There's a lot of games coming up that Michigan's going to uh, need to either compete in and or win. Um, besides that, uh, I think a very entertaining Super Bowl last night. Um, I think a game that a lot of people were really excited for, a lot of new blood in the Super Bowl this year. And uh, Chad Henney is a Super Bowl champion, so he's finally uh, fulfilled his destiny, and, uh, which, is a, which is a nice little story. Chad yes, Henney, that, man. That's, that's definitely the biggest story is, yes. is Chad Henney. <laughs> um, honestly, like, quick thoughts on Super Bowl. I think uh, – I checked off all the boxes for me. It was entertaining. Uh, I enjoyed the halftime show. Maybe that's because of the gender I am. I don't know. There seems to be some controversy over that. The men liked it. Some of the women didn't. Um, I think most people Shocker. pretty much liked it, though. Um, we got to be offended about everything here. But, yeah, right. the game was good. Good weekend. Good, I, good weekend overall. I've seen way more positive feedback than I have negative feedback over the Super Bowl. But I will say at my Super Bowl party, it was with like uh, just some family and whatnot, not really my friends. So my family, they're they're a little bit older. So it was a bunch of like everyone there be, besides like me and my girlfriend were like 55 and up. So it was kind of hilarious to watch that halftime show with everyone there. That was a little bit older. It was it was interesting. Should we ask a Brewcast bot what he thought of the halftime show? Yes, please. Okay, hold on. Brewcast bot. Uh, what did you think of the halftime show? It's a little bit slower than Siri, so give me a second here. My wife left me. Oh, <laughs> you, you hate to hear that. That was quick. Poor fella. That was quick. Um, <laughs> oh, poor fella. No, what, were you, what were you guys' favorite commercial? That's what I gotta I gotta find out from you two. You guys are like you guys are good with like movies and commercials and stuff like that. So what were you guys' favorite commercial? Um I liked I mean, I, I like the Rick and Morty Pringles ad. I think that was pretty good. Um, the Groundhog Day, I think it was Jeep, where they brought Bill Murray back. I thought that was quite good. Uh, I went to like a banquet hall that was filled with people, and, and like the speakers were turned up and everything, but I didn't really hear a ton of the commercials. So uh, I'll go back, and, and I'm not one of those people that watches them like Thursday when they release them. Right. Uh, I don't like to be spoiled. Um, I'll go back and watch them probably tonight, but. Uh, you know, like I said, it's they've been playing Super Bowls for 54 years now. So if you're expecting groundbreaking commercials, like I think some people, a lot of people say, oh, commercials just aren't as good as they used to be. Were the commercials ever really good? Yeah, thank you. Were they? So. There were, there's probably one. There's one or two every year that are standouts. I think this year the big standouts were, uh, I would say, that Google commercial, uh, which got a lot of people very emotional. I thought that was good. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a sinister element to it because Google <laughs> stores all your personal information. So it's a little bit creepy, but for the most part, I thought that was probably the one that's going to stand out. It was the most relevant. It was one of the only ones that wasn't celebrity makes cameo to sell uh product. 
Uh, I thought that was uh, actually like a little short film that I thought was actually sweet. Uh, as far as the the rest of the game, like you said, Anthony, you checked off all the boxes. Not um, not an elite Super Bowl. Not Steelers, uh, Cardinals. Not Patriots, Giants, or or really a lot majority. For some reason, the Patriots play in really good Super Bowls. Definitely not uh, Falcons, Pats. But I would probably just outside of the upper echelon of great Super Bowls, you know, maybe outside They're, of the top ten. Yeah, uh, they, they were getting after it though on both sides of the ball. Like, oh, for front. sure. I mean, it was. And, and it that's, was, I love that stuff, but you know, I know people love points and things like that. But yeah, um, no, I mean, a very, very entertaining, well played game. I guess the I when you think of great Super Bowls, you think of iconic moments. You know, Eli escaping pressure uh, to David, you know, the pass to David Tyree, you know, Santonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone, 20 Edelman's catch in the 25 point comeback. I think yesterday can't really pinpoint an exact iconic moment necessarily, but beginning to end just a well-played ball game, you know, strategically a solid game. I know there's a lot of people who are who are pointing at Kyle Shanahan and saying, man, this is he blew another Super Bowl. Uh, and the 52 to nothing stat in two fourth quarters is mind blowing, a mind blowing bonkers statistic. But I don't know. I, I don't think I don't really look at it as they gave it away. They choked. Chiefs made plays down the stretch. Patrick Mahomes turned into Patrick Mahomes in the last quarter. Really well played. Good football game with two teams that I think are probably going to be pending health in the th- in the thick of this thing next year. Good Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it was and good luck to the rest of the NFL. Uh, with the Chiefs right now with Patrick Mahomes, man. That guy played the worst game of his career for three and a half quarters and then was unstoppable the last six and a half. They outscored San Fran 21 nothing the last six and a half minutes. Like, yeah. good luck to the rest of the league. But I will say the NFL's in good hands, man. I, I saw someone point out um, after Lamar officially won the MVP, I think it was on Saturday, that as it stands right now, the current NFL MVP is younger than the current Heisman Trophy winner. So Which is I think wild. we're, yeah, yeah it's, that's, that's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. And then you just had a guy in Mahomes who, you know, 24, 24, 24 years old. It's, it was only his second full season starting. He's already got a league MVP. He's already got a Super Bowl. I, I'd imagine like, like, People are saying, oh, are the Chiefs going to be the next dynasty? Like, as long as he plays, they're going to be there and in the hunt. Right. But um, in the hunt, that's not a, a pun for their ownership group or anything. Right. Um, if that guy, like, no one's going to duplicate, like, what the Patriots have done over the last 20 years. It's just, no. it's not going to happen. Right. Um, there's a universe where the Chiefs maybe go 9-7 and seven next year, don't even make the playoffs. Uh, but if, if Patrick Mahomes goes out and wins another MVP or two and then wins another Super Bowl or two. We're we're looking at a guy who I think first of all if he does that we can we can kick Aaron Rodgers out of the goat debate because I think he will you could make the argument Mahomes is already more accomplished to a certain extent. Um I think Pat Mahomes has a real shot to go down as one of the top you know top 3 or 4 quarterback that's like ever played the game. Because he like he hasn't even hit the prime of his career yet. We've got the way these quarterbacks are now. We've got another ten to fifteen years of this guy, and it's it's gonna be a blast. I I don't think I don't think any quarterbacks ever had a better start to their career in their first two years starting. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, and Nick Wright kind of talked about that. Where Brady won a Super Bowl in his first year as a starter, missed the playoffs the next year, which for the Patriots is shocking to think about. No, I mean no no one has, and we're gonna have ten to fifteen more years of. Pat Mahomes, 
Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. Uh, like you said, the NFL is in good hands. And I sent out a tweet that I deleted because I got ratioed for it. And it was just really annoying talking about how the MLB needs, um, uh, desperately needs to play for the Tigers. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Right. Well, they need a, uh, they absolutely need a face of the MLB. Like I agreed hundred percent with that, right. Chris. Well, people took that as me not knowing that Mike Trout, Javi Baez, and all these great players exist. The problem, and I I, I don't want to go down this tangent, but just real quick, the problem. No, go down is, the tangent. We've got nothing but time. <laughs> sure. The, the problem is like you can have a face of the NFL in Kansas City because if you have a great quarterback, you're going to have a team that's consistently pretty good. But like if you can't have a face of major league baseball in Kansas city. That's just, it's too small a market on the unfortunate reality is if you, all the stars aligned for Derek Jeter to be the face of baseball. He was on a team that was consistently, if not winning championships, competing for championships. He was, if not the best player, one of the best players on one of the best teams in the biggest market in the, probably the most popular city in the world, the most popular team in all of sports. You can't be the face of baseball unless you play for the Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, Dodgers, uh, and maybe, maybe the Giants, maybe the Tigers. Like, like Miggy was close for a minute there. Verlander was kind of, has been kind of on the fringes for a while. But like, as much as I would love to see Mike Trout be, take the reins and be the face of baseball, like how many people outside of baseball do you see in Mike Trout jerseys? Like how many, how many people in LA do you see in Mike Trout jerseys? He plays for the second most popular team in his own city. Yeah. When LeBron signed with the Lakers, did you see all the tweets that said, man, LA has all these great stars? They didn't even mention Mike Trout. And that's not that's not to take away from anything that he's done. He's the best player I've ever seen. But from a marketing standpoint, from a face of baseball perspective, it, it, the numbers just aren't there. I would say the only two guys that could potentially be the Pat Mahomes of Major League Baseball, there's two. And this one will piss people off, but it's Aaron Judge. He's the best player and a likable guy and a monster power-hitting right fielder for the most popular team in the world. The other one, right now, probably, after this postseason, Juan Soto. I think dude is 20 years old, looking like he's going to be the next Ted Williams, just won a World Series, raked in the postseason, ton of fun to watch, talented player, entertaining player, and... and for some reason, I don't know if it, it's it's a mixture of these players' inability to market themselves or the MLB's inability to, to market these players, but it's very easy for the NFL and the NBA to have faces of the sport, guys who move the needle even outside of the, the, the fan base, the diehard fan base of that particular sport. Baseball just doesn't have this guy, and it's why the game continues to struggle and go back and forth off and on with popularity. I, I have a couple of thoughts on that, actually, and when it pertains to, to Mike Trout, like you mentioned, Chris, how many people that aren't like true baseball fans, you know, that follow it fairly religiously, if they were walking down the street and they walked ma- past Mike Trout, how many would recognize that that was Mike Trout? You know, he looks like an average guy, except, well, other than having giant traps, you know, but well, I mean, built like a tank, but I get I get what I get what you're saying. Though. Yeah, like, it. it well, and I think a big problem as well as you kind of alluded to it. So baseball's, I'd imagine, big problem is, and basketball has this to a certain extent. You know, like they didn't really, even when they had like Lonzo and whatnot, they needed guys like Kobe and Shaq 
because everyone else, when you have games, especially in the summer, if you're L.A., all of those games start at 11.07 Eastern time. You know, no one is is right. watching. Yeah. No one is watching Angels games or anything like that. Um, and quite frankly, baseball right now is very regional. You know, the most people around Michigan, they care about the Tigers, but they're not really caring about Sunday night baseball. And I think, you know, baseball was the originator of fantasy sports, which is it's kind of ironic because fantasy baseball is now very unpopular when you compare it to fantasy football. And yeah. that's really been the thing that's able to market these NFL stars, I think. Yeah, well, I think the the crux of the problem as it pertains to baseball is that they have the marketing department of a of a ba- that it's literally just a baked potato in an office. Right. Like that's that's pretty much what it is, and that's no just like I know a few people that work in baseball in that capacity. Um, I, I just the thing the thing that sucks about baseball, and I know this is a Michigan podcast, and we're you know I'm fine with this because we're this is a good conversation. Um, because we've had Michigan guys that have maybe the one of the biggest faces in all of sports is Tom Brady, and he's a Michigan guy. So it's kind of uh, there's an a adjunct, you know. It's there's a loose connection there. Right. Um, baseball has never had as much young talent as as I like right now. This is probably as much young talent as there's ever been in the game. Right. But they just can't figure it out. I mean, the NBA has got it down to a T. And I know some of the old, like older fans, it's kind of turned them off. It's become a superstar-driven league. But they've got it figured out, man. Like every every single night, like okay, the Boston Celtics are coming to town. Kemba Walker. Okay, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are coming to town. Oh, Zion Williamson. Oh, the Memphis Grizzlies are coming to town. John ja Morant. Like almost most teams, and the team that's closest to us doesn't really have one of these guys. Every team has a guy that you can just kind of build around and, um, you know, build a, a product around. And, you know, I, I think the biggest mistake or the biggest thing that holds baseball back is, you know, how they are about uh, gifts and, and social video and things like that. Like horrible. Know your audience. Um, and, and to a certain extent, Chris, like the baseball being so terrible at marketing the game is probably has a lot to do with why your account is so popular because people our age want just want content on that platform and they'll take it however they can get um whether it's being spoon fed to them by you know some of the other these other leagues are, are good with social or, or whether it's you know a guy who picks up his phone and you know does a game recap so like i said it's just um i don't know i don't know where i was going with that but um Pat Mahomes, he's going to be around for a while. Yeah. I think his that too yeah. long didn't read of, of this whole conversation. And also I want to end the conversation about the Super Bowl by saying when you see what happened yesterday and see how important the quarterback position is, not only in the NFL, but in college, I, I'm really hoping that Harbaugh finds his guy soon because we've talked about it often, about the quarterback position can elevate – the Michigan football program, if they get the right guy in there, you know, and I'm glad you went there. Uh, we weren't really going to plan on talk about this, but something I thought about after the college football national title game. And then after this game on Sunday uh, is that the game of football is, has changed like just so much at every level, whether it be, uh, you know, the rules are skewed to favor offensive output. And, and I think something that we've seen in the, championship seasons that both LSU and the Chiefs just had, mind you, obviously I know 
very different levels of the sport is that in order to win at the highest level and, and last year's Super Bowl was kind of a, kind of an outlier in all of this, you have to have a quarterback that at, at some point just puts it all on his back and it's go, go, go. Uh, LSU got down early in that national title game. Foot to the pedal to the metal, foot to the floor. Tur- Joe Burrow turns the accelerator on and um, you know they, they win going away. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs scored three touchdowns in the span of like the last six minutes of that game, 21 unanswered points against, you know, you can call them the NFL's best defense because they were the best defense left standing. You need playmakers at the quarterback position and you need touchdowns out of your offense, settling for field goals and not being aggressive. Kyle Shanahan learned this lesson again on Sunday. When you settle for field goals, when you have that fourth and one or fourth and two, and you decide to, to kick, whether it be a punt or a field goal, you, the conservative play calling, a conservative approach loses you football games. Now it may have, you know, a couple years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, being conservative was part of maybe the chess match of a football game. Now it's, you know, if you don't take chances, you're going to like straight up, you're just going to lose. So um, I think there are lessons to be learned, you know, as we kind of try to make this, what can Michigan, what, what do we take out of this that pertains to Michigan? Pedal the metal, foot to the floor, um, don't let up, and you have to be able to adjust as well. Um, my final thought on the Super Bowl, I think that what you saw in that game too is that, um, you know, you, that, that 49ers front four was was getting home all night. Nick Bosa was eating Eric Fisher's lunch and then like making him eat dog poop. But those guys just ran out of gas, like, yeah, right around the time where uh, Kansas City picked it up, and you give a guy like that, like a Mahomes, like a Joe Burrow, like a you know any of these elite quarterbacks we've seen lately win titles. You give a guy like that an opening, and it's that's it, it's over. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the takeaway: be aggressive, and God, Michigan just needs you know any team uh, just needs to have a quarter. If you're going to win, you're going to have a quarterback that is just relentless in his approach. All right, we've got uh, a lot to get to still here on Brewcast. We've got to talk about the week coming up for Michigan basketball. We'll do that next when we come back on Brewcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Back into Brewcast, Luke Yardy, Chris Castellani, Anthony Broom here with you as we take a look now uh, towards the week that is for the Michigan Wolverines basketball team in a huge week. Uh, you're probably listening to this. Hopefully you're listening to this on Tuesday. Hope you don't wait too, uh, too long. Uh, to get your new brewcast. But uh, if you're listening here on Tuesday, Ohio State coming up tonight, uh, and then Michigan State coming up on Saturday. Two consecutive wins for the Wolverines. They won at Nebraska and then won a neutral site game against Rutgers. And guys, what, uh, what are you thinking going into this week? It's a big week because as it stands right now, Michigan just 13-8 and eight and 4-6 and six, uh, in the Big Ten Conference, still probably firmly in the field because of their non-conference wins uh, this year. But Still would like to see them at least about 500 uh, in the conference and a big week to make some noise here this week. A Yes, a, a huge week coming up. I will say, I think, just going back for a second, huge, humongous victory on Saturday. Uh, I don't think we can't <laughs> underestimate how big of a victory that was. Uh, you play, well, technically a home game. You know, you go to Madison Square Garden and a crowd that, from what I was from what it sounded like on TV as well as what I was reading online, a uh, majority Rutgers crowd, top 25 team, and your back's kind of against the wall. thought they played a very good game. I thought defensively they were better than they've been in a while. Um, got out-rebounded by quite a lot, but it, I think it was – I think Rutgers shot close to – more than 80 shots, and Michigan shot 47. 83, and I think it was. That's yeah, I think 83 to 47, and Michigan still prevailed. Um, the flaws that are there are going to continue to be there. I talked about this in my post game video. They're going to continue to struggle from outside shooting. They're going to continue to have trouble making free throws down the stretch in games they're winning. They're going to continue to have lapses defensively, but I thought for the most part they did a good job of cutting down on all three of those major flaws. You got some big outside shots. Uh, what a remarkable game Brandon Johns played on Saturday. I mean, how good was he? How huge was he? I mean, that was a performance that you would expect to get out of Isaiah Livers had he have been in the starting lineup, had he have been healthy enough to play. A, a monster effort by him. Uh hit some outside shots to hit five threes. That's massive for a team that struggles so much from, from beyond the arc. Um, now you got a week coming up where, you know, ideally you want to win two. If they can win one, um, I think it puts them in pretty good shape. Ohio state. Well, went, despite having gone through like just an impossible slot for about a month, where they didn't win came uh, is still a dangerous team is still and with Wesson that scares me a lot because that's another big guy that Teskey's going to have to go up against. Um, Michigan State on Saturday. I've watched so much of this Michigan State team and it's not obviously not Izzo's best team. It's by no means his worst team. It's his weirdest team. Because outside of Cassius, that team is full of guys with remarkably low floors and incredibly high ceilings. It wouldn't shock me at all to see Xavier Tillman go for 25 and 10 in his next game. But I also know that he's capable of doing what he did on Saturday, which is look like a guy who'd never played organized basketball before. He couldn't hold on to the ball. He couldn't make a, a shot from within five feet. He couldn't make an outside shot. It, 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 it's the same thing with guys like Aaron Henry and Gabe Brown, guys with incredible athleticism and really high ceilings who are capable of going for monster games, but very rarely do. It's a weird, weird team. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Michigan can win that game. They're going to have to play their best game. They're 
going to have to make the outside shots. And the key matchup, because Cassius is going to do his thing, the key matchup will be containing the big guys down low, which is something that Michigan's had so much trouble with throughout this year. But I will say this, and we talked about this a little bit last week when it was just me and you, Anthony, is the fact that I think Juwan has done a good job of rallying the troops over this last week. It seemed like after the Penn State game, and especially after the Illinois game, which was such a gut punch, it seemed like things were spiraling spiraling out of control. You lose Simpson for a game, which all of a sudden made the Nebraska game not as much of a W as we thought it would be. They went 2-0 last week. I thought that was very impressive, and it seems like for the time being, a season that almost seemed like it was about to go off the rails is is back on track, even if it's just temporarily. Yeah, I mean, it's I would I would agree with everything you just said there. Uh, it is. You look at the stretch of games that are coming up, and and I'll just say this: like, I want to give some credit to Rutgers here on the pod because that is a team like we knew. You know, it's oh, you know, it's goes from oh haha Rutgers is bad and, and then it you know the joke online is whoa Rutgers is good now haha <laughs> that's crazy but like that is one of the most physical teams I've watched this year and probably the most relentless team I've watched this year. Yeah. And and for Michigan to I know they said it was about 60-40. Every shot of that I saw on TV was was red. It was a sea of red. They're basically playing two road games against Rutgers this year. And now they have to go to the rack in a couple weeks. And play there, and I'll be honest. You know, given how I saw Rutgers play, and I didn't think Rutgers played their best game, but they played incredibly hard. I'm that Michigan will probably lose that game, which makes games like you know this Ohio. Like I, I'm pretty sure this Ohio State team hasn't beaten a top a Ken Palm top forty team since uh, it could be Ken Palm. I'm not sure what the stat is, so I could just be talking out of my ass here, which is why I really should be using Brewcast Bot, but. I don't think they've beaten a, like a Ken Palm top 40 team since like December 6th. Like it's been a while for them. So like I said, you, you have to have to get this one uh, on Tuesday and then you just kind of see what happens on Saturday. I, I have no idea what to make of this Michigan state team. No, uh, me neither. I've watched when, every game. I don't know. <laughs> like, well, think, think back to that game at the Breslin, man. They hit like their, it seemed like I think their first eight shots or something like that. Like Cassius came out on fire. Right. Like if he comes into Chrysler and does that, that, Michigan doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. I mean, that's, then that was a point in the season where I'm like, okay, obviously Cassius Winston went through some horrible stuff and the team had kind of struggled in non-conference in certain spots. But that was a game where like that entire team played well. And I know Cassius had a career day, but they played well enough to where I'm like, you know what? Maybe they're maybe this is where they figure it out and they become this death machine like uh 2018 Villanova was. That hasn't happened. And they've gotten they've gotten trucked at Purdue, I think it was. They've lost a couple other games here and there. Uh, I have no idea what to expect. I know that uh I think Michigan can play much better than they did at Breslin. I think they will play much better, and we'll see what happens from there. But, you know, you find it – you win both games this week. We're having a very different conversation on Saturday about what the – you know, where this thing goes next. If they split, that's fine. Uh, if they lose both, maybe we're back to sort of panicking again. You have to hold serve at – or you have to hold serve at home in one of – at least one of these games. And then from there, I, I think next Tuesday they go to Northwestern. And then I think they play Indiana after that. So, you know, if you can find a way to go three and one in these next these next four games or so, 
Uh, you got to feel pretty good about that. And again, you look at the schedule the rest of the way. They have 13 wins right now. We're kind of looking, I think, 18 or 19 probably gets them in without any other wins in the end, in the, the Big Ten tournament. They're going to beat Northwestern. I know it's a road game. Northwestern is, I think, worse than Nebraska is. The analytics would say otherwise. Uh, yeah, I think, I think you're they right. They stink. You play Nebraska again at home. You get Wisconsin at like Wisconsin without Kobe King, and I know they'll have they'll have Brad Davidson back, but uh, I just don't see it there. I think that should be a game that Michigan wins, assuming that Isaiah Livers is back. Um, and then Indi- I, I don't like this Indiana team either. So if you could, you know, I think there's maybe th- there's two for sure, maybe three, possibly four wins on the schedule the rest of the year. They can find another one or two somewhere along the line. If they get to 20, like then we're maybe talking about this team's a five or a six seed. But to kind of, I'm seeing a lot of eight, nine seed stuff right now, seven seed, things like that. Um, Probably need to find, you know, I think getting to 18 before the Big Ten tournament probably gets you there. I think. They're yeah, like you said, I think they're pretty firmly in the field, but they need to to win some games coming down the stretch. You got some chances, and uh, we'll see what happens this week. But uh, big opportunities, no question for the Wolverines. But uh, hey, I, I hope Jawan's got these boys playing a little better now. It, it's felt that way, but God, do they not make it easy on the old heart? All right, no. I think that uh, no. uh, that that'll about wrap things up for us here on Brewcast. Uh, Chris, let us know where you can find us on social. Find you on social media. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two O one four. A lot of content coming down the pike. You guys know this. It's kind of a down period right now, but we still got Michigan basketball post games, and uh, before you know it, hopefully baseball will be here too. Uh, if you want to see me on it's or my Snapchat is the same as my Twitter handle Castle Twenty Fourteen. If you want to see me on Instagram, that's Chris Castle Ninety Five. That's C H R I S C A S T L E Nine Five. Please follow me on all of those Anthony, platforms. How about you? Uh, well, I've made some adjustments to Brewcast Bot here. Uh, I think I'm going to have him tell me tell everyone where they can find me. So, uh, Brewcast Bot, let's hear it. He's malfunctioning here. Come on, Brewcast Bot. All I do is whine about Michigan and talk about Star Wars and comic book movies. All right. Well, that's enough of you. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Mason Brew. You can find all of our shows, uh, podcasts, all that good stuff. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your shows. And if there's somewhere you haven't uh, haven't found us yet, let us know. We'll get it up on there. Uh, I joke about the the reviews and stuff, but uh, feedback it remains positive. Love hearing from you guys. Leave us a review if you're so inclined as well. Um, just poking fun at you a little bit today. So uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Like Anthony said, we obviously appreciate the feedback. Uh, it's awesome. Leave us some more reviews on Brewcast or on the Maze of Brew podcast on uh, iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Garrity, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Follow the Brewcast show page at Brewcast show. And, well, subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcast by searching Maze of Brew podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. We'll be back tomorrow with another Maze of Brew podcast. And for Chris Castellani and Anthony Brew, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.